And then at Jesus' resurrection, bodies of people who had already died are raised and they start walking around. And it just, yeah, it's, that's it's pretty biz- normal. It's pre- yeah, it just <laughs> happens every day. So the question is, are these zombies? <laughs> no, like, I mean, I guess you could ask that question. But more important, like, were people that, like, regular, was this their normal bodies? Were they, like, partially deteriorate? Like, were they zombie-like? Like, do they have to die again? Hello, welcome to the PonderCast, where it's okay to think differently about the Bible and theology. Let's get pondering. Well, good afternoon, if that's where you are currently in this time. Oh my goodness. (laughs) We're recording in the afternoon, so good afternoon to you, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the PonderCast. Oh, I was hoping we could do that in unison, since we're together in person we're not gonna do it again <laughs> but like perry said for the, i think it's only our second episode we've ever recorded third, third episode we've yep. ever recorded in the same room together so this exactly. is pretty exciting stuff we're in my basement recording these so yeah it's pretty exciting whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. it's the pondercast studio oh sorry the pondercast studio the sign's up on the wall you can see it there <laughs> anyways we won't uh, waste too much time here with just intros, but it is very nice to be in oh, person. Oh, my goodness. Talking with someone. It is fantastic to be in person. It's great. I love yeah. it. It's fantastic. And, uh, you know, uh, hopefully the listeners hopefully the listeners heard the, the episode, I, the interview I did with Dan Esau. Mm-hmm. I know you haven't listened to it yet. I got uh, I got through a little this, bit of it. My I mean, defense, it came out two days <laughs> yeah, ago. Exactly. So give a guy a little bit of a break here. But uh. this is just a little plug to to remind the listeners that they should go listen. You know, there's one thing. I mean, there's multiple things I learned from that episode, mm-hmm. from content. But there's one thing I learned about myself, about the two of us, as I did that interview. You're a much better interviewer than I am. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. That's very kind of you to say. I'll have to critique your skill. Why do you say that? Was it not... Were you just uncomfortable or what? Well, like, you just know how to come up with questions like on the fly. It's because I, I don't know the answers. That's why I'm good at coming up with the questions. And I had questions, but I didn't know how to ask them. Oh, yeah. Makes it a little And tough. so I would try and... Ra- editing it was painful because I would go, uh, you know, uh... Right, right. Well... It's a talent. What can I say? Maybe I'll teach you someday. You can't learn. I'm sure you can't learn fine. greatness. Yeah, I'm sure you did fine. You're too hard on yourself. You're too hard on yourself. I'm sure it was good. Oh, but thank you for the compliment. I will take it. You're welcome. Perfect. Well, let's get into the topic today because let's do it. This is quite the topic we have. It is. I'm really today. excited about it because it's really bizarre. And some it's a it's a topic that. You, it's easily brushed over. Oh my goodness! In the Bible, yes. it's so like it's just in the story, and you just pass over it and never think about it. If you're wondering what we're talking about, the text is Matthew twenty-seven fifty-one to fifty-four. Do you want to read it for us, Perry? Do you want me to go ahead? Oh, I can read okay. it. And read just it for a, us. just a little preamble. We're we're getting ready for Easter. We're looking forward to the crucifixion. Looking ahead, I should say, to the crucifixion. And that's what we're doing here with this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an odd passage. So let's read it. Matthew 27, verses 51. Actually, let's start in 50. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth shook and the rocks were split. 
The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. And the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place. They were filled with awe and said, Truly, this was the Son of God. Even there, you can just easily brush over like, what? And there, I mean, and there's a lot of interesting events that happen there. I don't know which ones we want to focus on, but I mean, <laughs> to start with, a curtain was torn in two, which is, I mean, miraculous act of God, we can just say. Top to bottom. Yeah. I mean, that... And I heard the curtain is, was huge. Like, do you yeah. know how big it was? No. I've heard, like... I don't want to throw out random numbers, but... It was huge. Huge. <laughs> is that your Trump impression? <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> no, but it was a big... It's a very big curtain. And it's the the theological significance of the, the, the veil being torn, I guess, mm-hmm. or the curtain being torn is yeah, huge, too. That's a theme that is uh that we that has always gone back to at good friday at this time of year and rightly so Mm -hmm. you know when jesus died and the curtain ripped there's a there's huge theological significance to that that's not the hard part that's past that's not the mystery this is the easiest part of the past well it's it's cut and dry it's pretty much like well anyone can enter the holy of holies now through christ right it's the theological significance is huge but it's right there in front of you you don't need to be the the high priest to enter anymore and I mean the 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 miracle of that that it ripped from top to bottom, meaning that it was not human effort. That you know they were, yeah, you know like Matthew forgot to write in there that they had scaffolding set up, right? And that, the, and that the priests were up, and they accidentally fell down as they were trying to do something, and they ripped right. the curtain from the top. It was a supernatural, yeah, for event. sure. So moving on from the the curtain, just because we we understand the significance of that. Next event is there's an earthquake and the rocks are split. <laughs> Once again, it's pretty um, what miraculous. Rocks? <laughs> what rocks? Was it like mountains falling apart? Or like the rocks just literally just <laughs> pop in half? Um, interesting with that I found was the the connection from like earthquake to destruction, judgment, and ultimately mm. like like foreshadowing the second coming. Mm-hmm. Like it, that earthquake idea has a good... Um, has a theme, I guess, of judgment. And you see that in the Old Testament. Um, I don't actually know when, where it is exactly, when the earth opens up and swallows <laughs> swallows people, right? Well, it's kind of like an earthquake. That's basically what's happening with an earthquake. So you can kind of see ties of it. And then in, in Revelation, I think you also see some, like, there's ties of this mm. earthquaking, kind of tying with the idea of destruction, which is cool to think about that's what happened when Jesus died because the significance is there. Do you have anything to add to that? Or well, you want to get to like the really juicy stuff in this passage? Well, N.T. Wright points out a really interesting literary connection here where he says that the curtain was torn apart and the word there is, I'm going to butcher this, the Greek word is ex, exkiste. Nailed it. <laughs> and, uh, and the rocks shook and the rock uh the earth shook and the rocks are split well in the greek those two words are similar the 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 curtain was torn apart and the rocks were uh, split apart so this that word is it's very similar it's as as you know what i mean it's similar to that i don't know how much you want to put into that right Uh, but there is but there is a literary connection there right the curtain was torn apart and the rocks were torn apart hmm. 
So there's some interesting, maybe you want to say parallelism there, right? But yeah. he doesn't really. Well, in this in this book, anyways, in his book, The Resurrection of the Son of God, he doesn't really get into the connection between that. He just mentions that literary connection, right? No, I, I don't have much else to add to that. I just want to get to the really interesting, like all of it's interesting, <laughs> but the next part's kind of like mind-boggling because there's so many questions that Matthew does not answer in this next part. Right. And so it goes. <clears throat> Basically, the tombs break open, and then at Jesus' resurrection, bodies of people who had already died are raised, and they start walking around. And it's just yeah, it's, that's it's pretty biz- normal. It's pre- yeah, it just it happens every day. <laughs> so the question is, are these zombies? <laughs> no, like, I mean, I guess you could ask that question. But more important, like, were people that, like, regular, was this their normal bodies? Were they, like, partially deteriorate? Like, were they zombie-like? Like... Do they have to die again? Or did they just ascend with Christ? How many people saw them? Where did they go? There are so many questions that I have, but like the text doesn't really tell us anything about it. It's just kind of mm-hmm. like these people were raised with Christ, seemingly. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also interesting in the text. It kind of seems a little weird. I don't know what yours says. Well, it's, but it's like um, it's like they were raised and then they had to wait. Exactly. And then he's recording something that's going on over. Yeah, a few could, days. so if you read carefully in the text, it says when Jesus died, um, the earth shook, the tombs were open, and bodies of many people were raised to life. But they came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection. So it almost seems like they were raised at his death, stayed in their tombs until Jesus rose again, and then left. That's basically what the text says. But there's some there's some hard kind of things to deal with that. Like, why... Well, and I, in in N.T. Wright, uh, in this same book, he was talking about, well, there was an earthquake here um, in 28 verse 2. It says, Behold, there was a great earthquake, for the, an angel of the Lord descended from heaven. And he says, is there a, is this the same event? I, I didn't write it down, so I can't quite remember where he landed, but, I mean, that is an interesting mm, thought right. that, is this... Is this recording something that... Does Matthew have a theological reason for including it here and not including it later on in 28? And what I'm saying is, is the earthquake he's he's talking about here the same earthquake as in 28? Because it would make much more sense on the timeline if that was the case. Right. Because of what you're getting at is... So they were brought to life but they kind of just had to just hung out for a couple there. days yeah yeah well it seems kind of <laughs> weird i heard another guy who just said it's just poor translation in our text like it should be a very abrupt cutoff after the tombs are opened and then the bodies of the people are alive when jesus was resurrected like it's just the sentence structure is really poorly that, uh, that's just another guy's interpretation of it where <laughs> where you put the period is very significant um, I don't know how that changes it though. Well, it's it just changes the events. So he's so like the you're tombs, saying the tombs are broke open. Then like stop there. Different paragraph. Uh, the bodies of many people are raised. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection. So it's just it's it's tying it together rather than than saying the tombs are opened, people were raised. Well, no, the tombs were opened, but people were raised when Jesus was raised. Oh, it's just he's just saying it. It's just grammarly. It, it seems like they were raised earlier, but it shouldn't be like that. I don't know. Changing the subject slightly. Have you ever heard of a midrash? 
not like a rash on someone's body, but like it's called well, a mid rash. It's, a, it's a, a rabbinic writing yeah. commentary. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea what it was. Oh. I had to look it up. I thought it was really interesting. So yeah, it's basically, yeah, it's basically you could say it's kind of like a commentary on what's happening in the Talmud, right? Is that in the? I think the Talmud is a. I heard it was a commentary on the Talmud, which is like kind of. I a, think the Talmud is a commentary on the Tanakh. Okay, anyways. And the Torah. Anyways, my whole point is, some people say Matthew here was using that, a midrash, to explain oh. a theological <laughs> oh, point. Yeah. So he's basically, he's making a theological emphasis, commentating the bodies raised, which will happen later, rather than it actually happening. Which, I mean, you could take that idea too. I mean, it just doesn't seem like it's actually a commentary. It seems like Matthew's saying historical events mm. rather than a commentary. But that's just another way to think of it. But, but like, what do we do with it? Like, what... How do you think this all played out? Well, what I've heard before is um, people trying to connect it to first century imagery when emperors of Rome would die and they wrote up and how they would write about the deaths of emperors and how there were there were these cosmic events happening, you know, crazy events, unnatural, supernatural events happening at the death of emperors. And so what people have said is, is Matthew taking on that kind of emphasis? Like that kind of framework? That like, kind of framework when he's, talk, when he's talking oh, about the death of Jesus. But in my little research, <laughs> um, that didn't really come up. It was more of a, well, especially N.T. Wright, G.K. Beale, you know, those are the two that I really looked into. That didn't come up doesn't mean it's not legitimate. I like how they take the this Old Testament approach. And I wonder, uh, you know, as I was thinking about this episode a while ago, and I was reading through Exodus, and just that's just where I am right now, reading through Exodus. And I remember reading a while, uh, last time I read Exodus, I think I wrote um, in, in the margins, I said, is this connected? Or it seems like there's a connection here to the crucifixion in Matthew. And this is what it says next. This this is this is where I wrote it in Exodus nineteen. On the third morning of the third day, that's interesting. Uh, kind of, actually, this would actually be more interesting for his resurrection. On the third morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast, so that all the people in the camp trembled. Now that I think about it, that works way better with the resurrection than with the crucifixion, hmm. because. Like I said, what's the connection here? Third morning and the third day, there were thunders and light. There was an earthquake. There was an angel. There yeah. was, you know, crazy things. So uh, let's pretend I didn't even bring... That's an interesting so, but, thing. No, but is that... I think we can use that even to say, like, these bodies that were raised, it makes way more sense for them to be raised when Christ was raised. Does it not? Oh, yeah. It's like, I wonder if... Like, are we doing a disservice? Like, are we taking the Bible and saying what we want to say by saying that? Like, are we messing up what scripture is telling us or can we actually say well they're probably raised on the third day with jesus well i think we're trying to be faithful to the text when it says and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection they went into the holy city like but they were raised before him so he's not the first i mean from the dead it's a weird <laughs> i come down to this is a weird <laughs> passage and it's really weird it makes... what's what i go back to nt Wright. he says what is the right question to ask about this? Because we have our questions. Right. But that doesn't mean that Matthew 
He's trying to answer our questions. He doesn't care about our questions. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, and that it ties. It kind of goes back to like the earthquake was the idea of judgment, right? It has that kind of significance, um, and kind of like I think the point he's trying to make is the holy ones will be raised again, like Christ. Like people, there will be a resurrection. This is kind of the beginning of this new age of resurrection, hmm. resurrected bodies, which we will have. So that, I think that's kind of his point that he's trying to make, rather than. I, this is this is an awesome connection that N.T. Wright, he, <laughs> I just, he, what he said was so good. So I'm just kind of yeah, yeah. going along with what he's saying because I don't, who knows? Um, and he's much smarter than I am. But he points out, he says that the natural starting point is Ezekiel 37, verses 12 to 13, because the Septuagint translation of this verse of Ezekiel has similar wording to Matthew to what this is what Matthew is writing. He says, Therefore prophesy and say, This is what the Lord says, Behold, I am opening your tombs, and I'll bring you out up out of your tombs and bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves, so that I might bring my people up out of their graves. He also points to Isaiah twenty six, uh, the dead will arise and those in the tomb shall be aroused. So they shall be awakened. And he um he connects that to, you know, that Matthew is echoing this Septuagint translation that many bodies of the, of the saints slept. Oh, no, this is a different connection. Many bodies of the saints that slept is likely a deliberate connection to Daniel 12, 2, which speaks of many of those who sleep and are woken up and raised up. So there's kind of a... So it's like a fulfillment of a well, and, what's, and, hap- what's supposed to be happening. But all of the things, these these things about being raised from the dead have to do with a second return from exile because in a way they're dead as a nation they're, when they're right, exiled yeah. they're dead and as we talked about a few weeks ago in our Matthew episode one of the themes that we emphasized is Matthew's uh, framework of return from exile or that they haven't returned from exile at the beginning right. of Matthew and that Jesus is the way to which they truly are free from exile. And so this is what he's getting at is uh, these, these illusions. What are, he says, what do these illusions tell us about Matthew's intentions? Um, and he has, this, he has all sorts of, uh, he, he presents a few um, possible interpretations and he, so he has four of them and he says, well, these three are probably way off because he says is, is uh, is is Matthew appealing to the Gospel of Peter, which is a pseudepigraphal writing, right. Right. where Peter almost says the same kind of thing, and he says, "Well, Matthew probably it's a bit of a stretch to think that Matthew knew anything about that piece of writing, and why would he be relying on something like that? That was probably neo-orthodox, neo-Christian, right? So, what what one did he land on? So, what he landed on is um, he may know of a tradition which speaks of these strange happenings. He should, he may be retelling it in such a way as to give a biblically alert reader a sense of their meaning. But this is what he says. This is the real return from exile. I like this. The dawn of the new age. Mm-hmm. Perhaps even the harrowing of hell. Um, yeah, it's the beginning of the new age of the final resurrection from their final deliverance from exile. Right. right? Like that's... That's, I think, 
I think that's what Matthew's trying to get across. And I think that's a good place to kind of land on it. However, <laughs> is, did it still actually happen? Like, were people still raised from the dead? Like, we're, by saying that, we're not necessarily saying it didn't happen, are we? No. Um, but Matthew's intention of it isn't for us to say, did they die again? Were they resurrected? What Did they stay in their tombs for two days? His point is to say this is the beginning of the new age of exactly. this, right? It's still I, interesting I, to know. I, well, there are a number of implications that come out of it uh, that God actually values the human body. I mean, we see that in the... We emphasize that from the resurrection of Christ. Right. But to see it in others, to see the... It shouldn't be that odd to us, as I'm thinking about it, that people were raised from the dead because Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. So why is it so weird for us to think that people were raised from the dead? You know? I think it's just because we have this idea of that's later on. Like, that, that's kind of our idea of people being raised from the dead. That's <laughs> that's a later on thing. That's an eschatological thing, not a right when Jesus was resurrected thing. But why can't it be, right? But it's also interesting because when we're raised from the dead, will we walk around on this earth? I don't think so. Like, do you mean I don't think... It's just... I think this story is really bizarre and it's not like everything. But you're right. It shouldn't really cause us to be that skeptical of it because that's not the craziest thing jesus did you mean like when he was on earth he did crazier thing so i feel like it's not uh i don't know it's i'm kind of with you on that i guess you shouldn't be too surprised by it right. but it's still very bizarre i think it's linguistically confusing right and maybe we have to be okay with that maybe we do so were they zombies then? <laughs> Can we say there's zombies in the Bible, sure. or is that uh, inappropriate? Uh, I don't know. I like what uh, G.K. Beale points out about this. He really, in this particular book, it's uh, New, New Testament biblical theology. He really draws out a lot of the eschatological element of the New Testament, and how you know. S- just pointing out how the new age is dawning. I'll use that term again. And he talks about how... I'll just read what he says. Um, The Old Testament predicts that a final tribulation will precede the dawning of the new cosmos. So there will be this final tribulation. Well, what does that have to do with this? For example, Daniel 12, verses 1 to 3, prophesies a time of great distress before the climatic resurrection of the righteous and the wicked. And I think... Beale would say that that's that that great tribulation has already started in the life and ministry of Jesus in his um, like the great cosmic battle heavenly battle that Jesus participated in against Satan hmm. and I know that uh, oh I know people would disagree with that that's, that's interesting though but it's um, very interesting actually that's where that comes in is so this, so this is important what he's trying to get at here so daniel refers to the coming trial as one in which there'll be deception within the covenant community and persecution of non-compromisers uh well that <laughs> there's deception all the time but anyways in addition either uh other Old Testament and New Testament texts affirm that the final tribulation will be one in which there will be a breakdown of various parts of the natural order of the cosmos that's important. There'll be a breakdown of various parts of the natural order of the cosmos, which will be culminated by complete destruction of the heavens and the earth. 
Against this background, one can see how the final tribulation is but an inextricable prelude to the eventual destruction and recreation of the cosmos. Well, what the heck? What does this have to do with, with this passage? This is going to blow your mind. I'm ready for it. We have seen that the physical phenomena of cosmic breakup were expressed at Christ's death. Darkness fell upon all the land in the same chapter, yeah, verse 45. Yeah, just earlier, yeah. And the earth shook, the rocks were split, and the tombs were opened. Such literal expressions of initial destruction will again occur at the very end of history when the body of Christ, the church throughout the world, will experience climactic universal persecution like Christ before them. So what N.T. Wright is saying, what G.K. Beale is saying, I don't know how much N.T. Wright would agree with what Beale is saying, but I think they're both getting at the same thing. This is a mini view, microcosms, uh, a look at the natural order being shaken up to show that God's new creation is coming to bearer. Right. Yeah. After, and the and the great tribulation has started, and uh, and that it's that uh, it's going to kind of increase, and that God is you know God is in control right. here. Right. So there's all sorts of themes that could be drawn well, from this. And I think I'd agree with most of that like i i think i do agree with it because i think that's kind of what we've been saying but they just say it way more eloquently and nicely <laughs> right we just say judgment is kind of a scene of like the end times but i think i think that's a good way to kind of tie it all together i don't know do you agree with what they're saying i think it's really compelling uh, i like the zombies idea <laughs> oh no, i I'm just, just it is it is really compelling for sure i don't know about the whole uh the tribulation starting now like is it like at this grand tribulation that's been going on since Christ's resurrection, okay, is that so the idea? He would we don't have to get super into no, eschatology I, here. I, just... No, I won't. Um, we may have even talked about it the last time we were together in person, but uh, um, I think what he's saying, what G.K. Beale says, and you know, just to repeat what I said earlier, that the, that the I, I use air quote great tribulation started during the ministry of Jesus. And that it's, he he argues because because he argues that we are in the millennium right now. Right. That there's a tribulation now, uh, and so and but it will get it will get worse. What he says is that it has more to do with it has more to do with uh, false teaching and combating right. false teaching. Okay. Uh, and where people will get deceived and turn away from the church. And I'm not I I, I can't quite say all of what he believes about the tribulation, right. but what he's saying is that it started, that doesn't, he, he doesn't necessarily go along with the whole view that there's going to be these crazy things against Christians. And, you know, everything around the world where Christians are being persecuted, that's part of the tribulation. Right. Yeah. yeah. But there, but it might not be, you know, I don't know. I don't want to get into it that much. Right. No, that's Because fine. that's not, that, we could have a whole different episode on that. That might be a good episode to have about, what is tribulation in the Bible? That would be a good one. And what uh, what G.K. Beale thinks about it. <laughs> uh, nope. But, I mean, it is interesting. That helps us think about this passage. Totally. In different Absolutely. terms. In, in trying to think, like, when we read the Bible, we have to put on our theological well, uh, uh, eyeglasses. Yeah, and look at the bigger picture. Right? Mm-hmm. You look at this, just this one little clip, and you can easily just, you may come to the point where people are raised that's just a weird happenstance but matthew might be implying something way bigger than just right. 
people were raised, right? And way bigger than that. There's just darkness or there was an earthquake. There's bigger things going on here when we read it and look into the context of all of scripture. So I think that's a good, uh, I think I like that, that kind of trans, that kind of, not translation, but that kind of interpretation of the text. I think it's very beneficial um, to this conversation. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm okay with that. that I think that's really good. Well, we're we out, out time of time. Already? So, okay, well, uh, quick question. Do these people have to die again? Yeah. They have to die again? You know what's okay, interesting? But can you imagine that? Dying and then having to die again? <laughs> but the hope you would have? Like, think about yeah. you if you would not be afraid of that death. For sure, like more like Christians, sh- I don't think should be afraid of death. But like, if you died and then you were brought back to life, I feel like you would just feel invincible. It's like, oh yeah, I already <laughs> came back once. Sure, I'm gonna come back again. Well, that's it's right. Like be the same thing. Yeah, for us. but I know. But that's just wild. Like, can you imagine experiencing that? For those people who read their Bible, wondering how they fit into the passage, that's how they fit into the passage. Is that we will die, but we will be raised again? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> No, I just think that'd be a wild you, experience, being raised again, dying again, knowing you're going to be raised again. Yeah. yeah. Anyways. Interesting. Let's end it there. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in this week. We hope this conversation was beneficial. Uh, Nothing sh- else. It was fun for me. Yeah, I enjoyed I, it. I, man, this is yeah, enjoyable, uh, crazy Crazy topic. passage. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Please like and rate us wherever you listen to your podcast. We would very much appreciate it. And leave us a message on Facebook. We'd love to have a conversation. What do you guys think about uh, this passage in Matthew? What you think about it, how you interpret it, what what you think it's pointing at, what you think Matthew's getting at. If you agree with uh, Beale and uh, Wright, N.T. Wright, or if you agree with Perry or whatever, yeah, just let us know. It'd be great to hear from you. Anything else to add, Perry? Until next week. Keep pondering.